What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Something About Sports podcast. It's your host, Leon Edwards. Uh, thanks for being with me again today. For those of you that listen for more national stuff or have been listening for the general NCAA tournament stuff, this episode is going to be a lot more for my local folks, my KU fans, people like that. Um, I'm just going to be doing a preview of the KU-USC uh, matchup for the right to go to the Sweet 16 and face what we now know as Oregon. Um, I'm recording this episode a little late this time. Wanted to have it out by early this morning, but I've been feeling a little under the weather. So hang in there with me if the energy's not fully there or if the tone's not there or if there's a little bit of difference in me today. Um, that's why I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I wanted to get this preview out to have something for, for my Jayhawk listeners to, to look forward to. So we'll hop right into looking at this game and seeing what we have. I'll get into the more general NCAA tournament stuff throughout the rest of the week. We have the whole week until the Sweet 16, so I'll take those few days to look at each region and talk about some of the crazy stuff that happened through the first two rounds. So that stuff will be coming here over the next few days. So stay tuned in for that stuff for those of you guys that want to hear that. And then, of course, we'll be touching on other topics as well. NFL free agency is in full swing. NBA is coming down the home stretch of the season. I know my started during the NCAA tournament, so that's been taking a little bit of precedence because I love that tournament so much. But there's going to be a lot more we, we touch on in this podcast. So I have a lot more to come. Thank you guys that have been supported and that have been listening consistently. And hopefully we can continue to grow this audience and we can continue to grow together. Let me hop right into to KUUSC. First of all, I just want to say it's crazy that KU's even in this game. There's probably a handful of teams from the last 10 years under Bill Self at KU that would have lost that Eastern Washington game. It, it kind of uh, goes back to what I said in my recap of that game. I think that that speaks a lot to, to what this team is and what we thought this team was becoming. And now they're showing that every game. We thought this team was becoming a team that could win a lot of different ways, that could handle adversity and different things like that. And that Eastern Washington game showed that. I also think without the, the expectations on them as a one or two seed, and even as the lowest three seed, I think that changes the mindset of this team a lot. They're not really, they don't have to get tight. They don't have to feel like they're letting anybody down because they've been counted out all year. I mean, there was a time this year where they were outside of the top 25, and there hasn't been a, a KU team that could say that in a long time. So I think that's that just speaks to a, another element that this team has always been good. They've always had a good collection of players. I think they figured out what what makes them win, which is defense. And that's what's going to lead them to most of their victories. And now they have the confidence that they can win any type of game. Just look over these last nine or ten games they've played. They lost that overtime game to Texas, turned right around, and blew Baylor out at home without barely even making any three-pointers. If they hit their average from three-pointers in that game, they'd probably beat Baylor by 20. Um, they were just that much better than Baylor in that game. Then you turn around and you have the UTEP game, and they come out and down by 15 with, what, 10, 12 minutes left in the game, win that game. And then you lose David McCormick, you lose Jalen Wilson, you lose Tristan and Aruna. You have a lot of issues there. Jalen Wilson did get to play in that OU game, but he wasn't very effective. And then you still win that OU game, and you have a first half like they had. So this team has proven what we thought they were becoming, a team that could win a lot of different ways, a team that could handle a lot of adversity. So... I like that, that we're seeing that out of this team and they're showing that now. I know a lot of my diehard KU fans can speak to that. 
There's a lot of KU teams over the last 10 years that would have lost that game to Eastern Washington. And none of us probably would have been super surprised. We've shown the propensity to get tight in those situations. But this team looks like they're in it. They look like they're not going to be phased by anything. They're going to stay poised. They're going to stay confident. So I think that bodes well for them going forward. And a lot of my brackets, I actually had them losing in the round of 32. I didn't think that they would be able to handle that. I thought that the first round game would be a little bit easier. And then the intensity of the second round game might to make them succumb to that pressure and maybe end up going home early. I think what I saw from this team in that Eastern Washington game has changed my mind a little bit. And if you're going to get a Marcus Garrett scoring 20 and then a couple of double-digit scores off the bench, and of course, David McCormick's not going to come off the bench against USC, I would imagine. That would still leave just DeWan Harris. But if you're going to get DeWan Harris shooting threes confidently and consistently, if you're going to get Marcus Garrett scoring 20 plus, Ochai Baji's going to score 15 to 20. David McCormick's going to score 15 to 20. If you get that same thing from Marcus Garrett and then you get a 7 to 12 point scorer off the bench, the team's going to be tough to beat with how they play defense. I like what I saw from the team. I like the the look of the team in that Eastern Washington game, and I think that'll bode well for them against USC. USC coming out of the Pac-12, I don't know how uh, familiar a lot of RKU fans are with the Pac-12 this year. I was actually pretty underwhelmed. I'm a night owl, so I usually stay up and Watch some of those Bill Walton called uh, Pac-12 debacles, I guess I could call it. Bill Walton, he's he's an entertainer first before he's an analyst, and a lot of people lament him for that. But I do like to stay up and watch those games. Those are usually the only games on late at night when you're up late. I'm a night out most of the time. I would say I've watched a decent amount of USC and most of the Pac-12, and watching them play against each other was underwhelming, if I'm being honest. I I never really walked away feeling like the Pac-12 was that good, but... They're showing crazy good in the tournament. I don't think they've lost the game yet. I think our idea of what the Pac-12 was has to change a little bit. And they probably also have a chip on their shoulder now because of that, because people were doubting their conference, because people didn't really believe that anybody in their conference was any good. I think now the the Jayhawks have to worry about coming out against one of those hot Pac-12 teams. And you got to see what's going to be what in this game. So just starting in this game, looking at USC first, they have one of the top I would say top two. Some people may say top three or top five, but they have one of the top NBA prospects in the country and Evan Mobley. I think I said before on the podcast that if I had the number two pick, I would take him. I think he's a really versatile kid. I think he's pushing seven feet. He's really long. He doesn't have a whole lot of weight. He reminds me a little bit of maybe like a younger Chris Bosh. Didn't have a lot of weight. Could play face-up, really good at the face-up game. Really good passer. Great defender. He's a great defender. He has great defensive instincts, and his athleticism just takes over after those instincts kick in. I think he's right after Kate Cunningham on my list of NBA prospects. Not everybody holds him in that regard. But I do. I really like Evan Mobley. I've liked him all season. He deserved the, the player of the year and the freshman of the year and defensive player of the year. I'm, he swept the Pac-12 Conference Awards, and rightfully, he is that good. And Kansas has showed, showed an ability to struggle with athletic teams. But the thing about this team is that it's not a full athletic team, and their guards are a little bit more so underwhelming, I would say, than maybe like a team like Texas. I would compare that front line on USC, and especially with Evan Mobley, to Texas. Uh, Texas. I think that would be a good comparison. Evan Mobley and his brother Isaiah, both big guys. I think Isaiah's checking in at 6'10". Evan Mobley is checking in at 7 feet. So both big guys, both athletic up front. I think that'll present KU with some struggles, especially with Jalen Wilson not being at 100%. So the reports are that he'll be 
playing in this game. He'll be suited up. We don't know how much he'll be able to play, and we don't know how effective he'll be able to be. I think he would make a big difference, especially against Isaiah Mobley, just being able to stretch him out, keep him away from the rim. He does average a block a game. Evan averages three a game. He's a, a lot bigger shot blocker, so he'll still spend a lot of time around the rim. Evan Mobley will just because he'll probably be matched up with McCormick, and McCormick plays so much inside. So I'd imagine they get him in some ball screens and pick and rolls to, to keep Evan Mobley away from just being that safety type of player in the paint. But Isaiah Mobley shoots a lot better from the three than his brother Evan, but Evan's willing to shoot it, which we saw with, um, with Tanner Groves. That can give this team some trouble when you get some bigs that can stretch the floor a little bit, that can play on the perimeter, which Evan is really able to do. He can dribble. He's very fluid. He has a lot of guard-type skills. That'll give KU some trouble, and I think I could see this game ending up being a little bit like Eastern Washington's game, where you have to score with them. They're going to have to have some scoring come from somewhere. They're not going to be able to fully stop USC. They'll be able to slow them down. And then from the guard perspective, they got a couple of guards scoring in double digits. You got Todd Edie. He's not a not a great three-point shooter. He shoots about 38%, averages 13 a game. So you got him and you got Drew Peterson. I believe both of those guys are transfers. So they got some solid, some solid experience in the backcourt. I haven't really been um, overwhelmed by their backcourt talent, but the front court's really good. I'm really impressed by Evan Mobley. I'm really impressed by Isaiah Mobley and no matter what the result of this game is, that front court matchup is going to be the story. I think if you can get solid minutes out of Jalen Wilson, if you can actually get him to play a decent amount of minutes and he's playing like himself, I think that can really help in this because he's going to force them into some decisions with their big guys. He's going to, um, you got to have him shooting the ball confidently from three. He's going to be crashing the boards, which the Mobley brothers combined for, for 16 boards a game. So you're going to need him. You're going to need McCormick, who McCormick actually showed well on the boards, nine rebounds against Eastern Washington, which we know he has a tendency to not show that great on the boards. But you need a, a 10 to 12 rebound game from McCormick. You need a 10 to 12 rebound game from Jalen Wilson. And then it'll help if Christian Brown's good at crashing the boards. Marcus Garrett does do a decent job on the boards as well. It'll help if all hands are on deck on the boards. And then you got to make some shots. David McCormick, I think he's, he settled in pretty nicely in that second half against Eastern Washington. I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and he had a really good game in this game. I think you probably have to take it right to Evan Mobley. I want to see him go at him. McCormick has the tendency sometimes to fade or to play the finesse game. But with a shot blocker like Evan Mobley, I just don't think that's going to be the most effective way to attack. Now, he is very fast with his post moves. He is really good at deceiving his defenders. So I do think he'll get some shots off past Evan Mobley. But he's got to go at him. David McCormick's a big guy. He's holding more weight than Evan Mobley. He's probably going to have a strength advantage over Evan Mobley. And I think he's got to impose his will a little bit more so then we see him like to do in most games. I think that'll be a big wild card. That matchup between Evan Mobley and David McCormick, that'll be a big uh, wild card in, in determining this game. I think that Kansas's guards can pretty much, I think they can balance out the USC guards. And especially if you get those 20-point games from Marcus Garrett, you get a 20-point game from Ochai I could really see that going a long way towards Kansas winning this game. I do think that 
that Pac-12 factor is probably going to play a role in this. The Pac-12 is watching each other and gaining confidence by the game of watching each other from that conference play. The Pac-12's played really well, and um, some of that's come against the Big 12 in, in surprising fashion. We'll see how that factor plays into it as well. But I do know the one thing that is going to be different that Kansas has most games. And I honestly, I think that their season this year in the Big 12 probably has helped them with this. But they're not going to have the best player on the floor. Uh, most years and in most games, KU usually has the best player on the floor as far as like in theory, um, as far as the most talent or the biggest producer or whatever kind of you want to look at it. I think this year has been a little bit different in that regard. I think it's actually been a lot more rare for that to be the case this season. Now, that's not to say that in those individual games, KU might not have had the best player on the floor because we've seen some great games out of McCormick. We've seen some great games out of Ochai Baji, Marcus Garrett. We saw Christian Brown have a 30-point game early in the season. Um, so that's not to say that Kansas doesn't end up having the best player at the end of the game, but coming into the game on paper, a lot of times this season, probably more so than I can remember in a recent Kansas team, they don't have the best player on the floor. And I think that having that experience this year is probably – prepared them for this and they can go into this game with a committee approach a usc is going to go into this game and they're probably going to be looking at evan mobley to help carry them past the win against a, a good team a big name team a team that pretty much has been going to the elite eight almost every year other than that crazy year where we, where, uh, we got blown out by auburn which we don't really want to speak about but um, other than that crazy year, KU's been pretty much a, uh, a steady presence in the Elite Eight, at least. And, and it's very rare, I feel like, recently that KU isn't at least making the second weekend. I do know that probably also uh, puts pressure on some of these USC guys, especially the younger cats like Evan Mobley. He's grown up watching college basketball. He's seen Kansas play a lot. He's seen them probably have just as much success outside of national championships as any other program in the country. I'm sure he'll be juiced for this matchup, but sometimes that can create pressure as well especially knowing that you're the best player on the floor and you have to play like that to win I think he'll be game though I can see a really big game coming from him but I think it's going to be about what Kansas can do with everyone else and that's going to be the the determining factor in this game as far as season stats if you compare these two teams they're not really that far off Kansas doesn't shoot as well from the field as USC, they're about tied from threes. Kansas takes less three-pointers, less free throws, sorry. But that just that speaks to them having that bigger presence inside. David McCormick is a little bit more of a finesse guy. He does draw a decent amount of fouls, but he is a, he is more of a finesse guy. He doesn't go in the guy's chest as much. That makes a little bit more sense. And then also just with a shooting more threes as well. Kansas does get threes up. They get over 20 threes a game up, which is good. You want to see that when you have the, the shooting talent that they have. I think the surprising thing, though, especially with the Mobley brothers up front. You got two near seven-footers on that front line. They're about even in rebounds, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. All of that stuff's about even. And then I think also what surprises me a little bit too, and this probably just speaks to the way that Kansas has played this year, is that assists are literally even. Each team averages 14 assists a game, or 13.9 if you round it up as 14. Each team averages the exact amount of assists. That kind of surprises me. When I've watched USC's team, I really haven't been overwhelmed with any guard on that team. But I would say that Kansas, in the way that they play, they have a, stretches of every game 
where they go to David McCormick, they throw it down to him and get out of the way, and then he just does his thing on the block and beats his man one on one. It does it does take that assist number down. It's not as a traditional uh, running team. They don't get out and run as much as I probably feel like Coach Self probably still wants to see. You got guys like Ochai Baji who's a lot better running in transition. He's not a one on one type of guy, but his talent can really shine in a transition type of setting. Um, you got guys like Christian Brown who could benefit from transition three opportunities. I think that that'll be a big one in this game who can get out and run a little bit more Kansas does do a little bit better at taking the ball away that probably mostly is Marcus Garrett and Dewan Harris Dewan Harris seems like he averages five steals a game I know he doesn't but he does seem like it. I mean, he gets his hands on so many balls throughout the game. He's in almost every passing lane he's around. I think him and Marcus Garrett will be huge in that regard. They got to make those guards uncomfortable. If you let any of those guards on USC get comfortable and then you have Evan Mobley doing his thing, it could be a long night. I and mean, it could quickly become a long night. Turnover-wise, foul-wise, surprisingly very close. 12 each team averages 12 turnovers. Each team averages exactly 15.3 fouls. Um, looking at this game on paper and comparing the stats of the two teams, it's actually staggering how close they are statistically from a 3-6 matchup. But that just speaks to the type of team each team are. Each team is, I'm sorry. But also the different ways that Kansas has had to win games this year. I think that all balances out to being a team that isn't super great at anything but good at a lot of different things and I think that does speak to that because they had to win games so many different ways they've had stretches of this season where they played through the guards they've had stretches of this season where they relied on McCormick and the Lightfoot and the rest of the big I think you just see that you see that bear out in the season stats but on paper this actually looks like a very even matchup I think we're in for a pretty good game I'd be surprised if either team blows the other out but of course we would have been surprised if if Oregon blow, blew out Iowa, and that's exactly what happened today. I and mean, now I'm t- I'm giving you guys a, a time a cheat on the on the time and of me recording this. Like I said, I've been feeling under the weather most of the day, so I'm recording this a little bit later than I probably would have liked to. But I do already know the outcome of that other game, and I think I spoke to that earlier. But we would everybody was surprised with that outcome. So I'm not saying it's not a possibility either way. I'm just saying as far as how evenly matched these teams are statistically, with how good Kansas is defensively. I think they'll come up with some ways to to at least frustrate Evan Mobley a little bit. I think with having David McCormick have a game under his belt, get his feet under him a little bit in the tournament, I think that'll help quite a bit. I think that'll help um, him be able to be ready to face off against that great front line of USC. Then I think it'll also just give Kansas the confidence that they got their big guy. And then you're getting Jalen Wilson back as well. Uh, He hasn't been a big scoring presence recently uh, like he was at the beginning of the year but he does do a lot of other things he gives great effort defensively he's not the best defender not the best on-ball defender but he gives great effort and he rebounds like his hair is on fire having him back having that energy back having the ability to play some different lineups that you aren't able to play when he's not out there I think that'll also instill some confidence in the team and I think that'll help them help them just have that extra oomph, knowing that the majority of their rotation guys are back. I know Tristan and Aruna is a part of the team. He hasn't really played a whole lot recently. So, you know, they will have most of their rotation back in this game. But you want to have the full team in total. So if they can get this win um, tonight against USC, then you get Tristan and Aruna back in Indy and and you have the full team. And then maybe they can go into the Sweet 16 with some momentum Um but you got to get past USC first. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna change my pick. I really didn't anticipate Kansas making it out of the first weekend, just because of the way that they were playing. And I really did th- think that Eastern Washington game 
will go a lot differently. I thought that the Eastern Washington game would be a challenge for a little bit, but I thought they would pull away. They cover the spread and they, they kind of cruise to a comfortable win late. And then they get hit in the mouth a little bit in that second round and it would catch them off guard. But I think I think they took that punch in the first game and they punched back big time uh, in a way that a lot of people probably didn't expect this team to be able to, uh, me included. I didn't really see this team score 90 in an NCAA tournament game at all. And if if I had to make a prediction that if this team had to score 90 in a game to win, that they wouldn't. My prediction would be that they would not win that game. That's not how they've proven to be at their best. They've proven that they're at their best when the games are played in the 50s and 60s, um, and they're making the other team play bad. But you get 70 points from three players like Eastern Washington did. You got to do some scoring, and this team was confident doing that. They got 20 points and a half from McCormick, which I thought was huge. But I think that really just watching this team and watching the, the composure, watching the energy they play with and the poise that they play with, uh, they never really seemed like they were worried at all. I never really felt like anybody on the team was pressing at all. I think watching that really, it really encouraged me for what, what was to come in this tournament for Kansas as far as just winning this game and maybe even making some noise later on down the road. Of course, if Gonzaga makes it to the Elite Eight, I, I still don't see anybody beating them. Kansas did make a, a good game out of their matchup with Gonzaga in their first game of the year, and that was before they really learned how to play defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kept the game close but close for Gonzaga's within 15 points. So um, that doesn't really mean that Kansas is going to win that game. That doesn't really mean it's going to come down to one possession, but they may at least be able to make the game um, within 15 points and not just get completely blown off the floor. But that's still to come. We'll still have to see how everything else plays out in the bracket. And Kansas still has to take care of business tonight. And if I'm going to make a prediction, I do think Kansas does end up winning this game. I think that the game does have a decent amount of scoring. I think they're going to have to score some points. I think it ends up being somewhere Kansas in the high 70s, USC in the low 70s, probably like a 78, 72, uh, 79, 71 type of game. But I do think Kansas ends up winning this game. I think that test against Eastern Washington combined with how that UTEP game went for them and having to make that comeback, I think they're going to come out and they're going to know that you got to take every game seriously. And they're going to come out pretty fast. And they'll have McCormick back in the starting lineup, it looks. So I think that'll make a big difference too. This team does tend to get a little bit lost sometimes when they don't have them out there offensively. If they're not making threes and if they don't have a presence down there to throw the ball to, I think it does start to stagnate the offense. So having him in the with the first group on the floor, it'll give them an outlet and give them a, a way to start the game out playing offensively. And then you let everybody else get settled in and you probably see them start making some shots and, and doing some other things. I think Evan Mobley has a really big game, similar to Tanner Groves. I don't know if he scores 35, but... I can see him getting around his averages. I can see him getting a little over his averages. I can see him getting around 18 to 20 points, probably a double, 10 rebounds in there. He probably has three or four blocks in the game. I would anticipate him shooting threes with a little bit more volume than he has this year. He probably makes a couple. His brother probably makes a couple. I think they turn this game into a fight, but I do see Kansas coming out of this game. The Pac-12 has to cool off at some point, so why not against Kansas? And I think this Kansas team seemed like they played with a renewed purpose, and I think they know what they got out of that last game. I think they appreciate what they got. I think they appreciate what they did. They appreciate themselves for staying in that game. And just over the last couple of days, watching the post-game uh, interviews, watching the, the interviews for previewing this game, they seem like they're in a good place. They seem like that game woke them up a little bit. And I, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that shine through in this USC game. So I do think Kansas ends up prevailing. 
to face Oregon. Would I be surprised if they didn't? Probably not. And that's been my prediction. But I think I saw something out of this team that it encouraged me against that in that Eastern Washington game. And just saying it again, there's a lot of Kansas teams over the last 10 years that would have lost that game and have lost games like that. I think they showed me something. I think this team is ready to, to, to fight. I think they're ready to make this game ugly if they have to and do what they need to do to win. And I think eventually they do that. And they'll have some juice from having David McCormick back at full strength and then getting Jalen Wilson back in the fold. I think they'll have some juice. So I do think Kansas wins this game. You guys let me know in the YouTube comments or shoot me an email, sasports913 at Gmail. I will get the, the social media pages will be up this week. I'll get the Instagram up. We'll get some other pages up as well. So we'll be posting previews. We're trying to keep building this, keep sharing this with people. People love sports, people that love our, our local sports. And, and there's plenty more to come. This is a short one. I just wanted to talk about that game. But be looking for, for the next couple of days. I'll, I'll recap the rest of these games from the tournament. And we'll look forward in the tournament and look at some other things as well. My final prediction, I'll say Kansas 78, USC 72. Kansas moves on to the Sweet 16 to face Oregon, um, two Pac-12 opponents in a row. And then we know what Kansas has done against Oregon recently. So it doesn't, um, it's not the greatest matchup, but I think it will be a fine one. I'll enjoy watching that game later on. Thank you guys that are still around listening. And like I said, continue to share this, continue to let people know. I appreciate you guys that do enjoy and um, are continuing to listen um, and be on the lookout for another episode tomorrow. Thanks, guys.